We're going to take a few minutes now in our service to remember Jesus around his table. And uh, this is a time for Christians. It's a time for Christians to remember what Christ has done in their place at the cross. We're going to be taking in a few moments a small wafer and a bit of juice. And these are symbols of the blood of Christ and the body of Christ that was offered in place of those who would put their faith and their trust in Christ. It's important during this time that we think rightly about Christ. And to do that, I want us to consider this. Have you ever set out to do something important, something really important, thinking that you have a good idea of how it is that it must be completed? But then you find out that what it is that you attempt to do must be done every step completed perfectly. So you attempt to do the impossible. Uh, Today, we're going to be looking at a passage that helps us see this issue in the most important arena of our life, and that is our salvation. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Galatians chapter 3? We're going to look at verses 11 through 14 together. Uh, Throughout Galatians, Paul is pleading with the church in Galatia to embrace the role that faith has in their salvation. And as we read our passage, we want to look at two things. We want to look at verse 11, and we want to see how it is that a person stands justified before God. And then we want to look at verse 12, which describes the failure of trying to justify yourself. So please follow along as I read verses 11 through 14. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. The righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the spirit through faith. We see God's design for salvation right there in verse 11. The righteous man shall live by faith. A person is saved and sanctified by faith. But the Galatians were trying to secure their place before God by observing the law. And there are two problems with that, and Paul presents those in verse 12 for us. It's very helpful. First, he says that doing so is not an act of faith. He says the law is not of faith. And secondly, if you intend to justify yourself by observing the law, you're going to need to observe all of the law. He who practices them shall live by them. And Paul's use of the word practices here is very instructive. It's very helpful. It describes a man who has been practicing the law in the past, who is presently practicing the law, and who must continue to practice the law into the future. In other words, what Paul is saying is this person must observe all of the law all of the time. And this is impossible. Which of us could ever live up to that? And what our failure has purchased for us is right there in verse 13. The curse of the law. And the curse is the wrath of God that is the right response of a holy God to the offense that our sin is against him. But this is where Christ comes into the picture in verse 13. And this is where the good news is. And good news is that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. And to redeem means to purchase away from the power of another by the payment of a price. And to redeem, Christ had to bear in his own body the sin of all of those who would put their trust in him. 
And then he had to endure the full wrath of God against each and every one of those sins. And that is what we want to remember about Christ today. If you're a believer in Christ and a follower of Christ, when the elements come to you, take them and hold them and consider the work of Christ in your place. That he bore each and every one of your sins in his body 2,000 years ago on a cross. And then he suffered God's wrath against all of those sins. And he satisfied that wrath so that you wouldn't have to. And then thank God for giving you the faith to believe that he did for you what you could never do for yourself. And then when your heart is prepared, take the elements on your own. If you're here today and you are not a Christian, and by that we mean that Jesus is not your master, if he's not your Lord, if he's not the one you submit to, if you submit to yourself, we want you to understand two things. The first thing is that we're very, very thankful that you're here this morning. Uh, It is our privilege to have you with us, and we we truly hope that this is a blessing to you and that God uses this as, as a means of saving you. But secondly, we want you to understand why God gave his law to Old Testament Israel. God gave his law to Old Testament Israel to help them understand it was a daily reminder to them that they could never measure up to his perfect standard of holiness. We need to understand what is offensive about rejecting Christ today. That is that when you take the gospel that shows you that you've fallen short of God's holy standard, and instead of embracing God's provision for you in the person of Jesus Christ, you come up with your own personal standard, one that you meet some of the time and one that you don't meet other parts of the time, and then you use your own weak obedience to that standard as your reason why God should accept you into his presence forever. That's offensive to God. And the reason why that's offensive to God is because your faith is in your own works. Your faith is not in God's provision to you through the person of Jesus Christ. So when the elements come to you, just pass them by. But use this time to do something very important. And that's to compare your own solution to your sin problem to God's solution to your sin problem. Your solution will never satisfy God, but God's solution does satisfy him. His solution is that he pours out his wrath against you on the person of Jesus Christ on a cross. And Jesus actually satisfied that wrath on that cross 2,000 years ago outside of Jerusalem. After the service, there will be some people up here at the front to your left. Uh, They will talk with you. They can pray with you. They can help you understand the gospel more completely. I look forward to doing that. I'll also be available after the service at the info table in the front. Uh, But men, come and serve us, and I'll be back in a moment to pray for us.